0: But I'm a- Welcome to Oopside Talk Politics, the left-wing political podcast where we talk about politics. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. And we're here, and there's no breaking news. How excited. We well there is, is breaking our... news, but yeah. we decided to cover it. Yeah, there's a lot of breaking news. <laughs> but, oh well, you'll have to sit in our Facebook group for that. Here we're gonna talk yeah. about pop culture for once in a in a really long time. Yeah, what we were originally supposed to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But uh, fuck that shit, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, with it, in the Trump presidency, you always gotta talk about the next existential crisis we're facing as a world. Yeah,
1: society. <laughs> so, what are we talking <laughs> about, Sly? So, we're talking about uh, an issue that I was thinking about recently. I found an old article from the Los Angeles Times. It was about Orson Scott Card, and during the who is that? Tell us. You I heard he's a out... homophobe. Yeah, he's homophobe. He was the writer of Ender's Game, which uh, back in 2013, the movie was coming out and there's a lot of hype for it. And there's a lot of like uh, tension because you had this uh, movie people were excited for, and but then uh, the studio was trying to hype it up. But then you had this director of the shithead and he was, you know, he was homophobic and all this shit. And I, I, and I want to talk about it because the premise for this episode is separating the artists from uh, the art they create. And whether uh, we should do that, if it's right to do that. Or so is no. card, Card's card a pretty good example? Have you any of you guys read any of his works?
0: I haven't read any of his works, but he first came to my attention because DC launched a Superman book like around this time. And he was supposed to write the first arc. And at first, everyone was like, whoa, he's like a big top-name sci-fi writer. He's going to write Superman. And then... All the homophobic stuff came up, and DC ended up letting him go from the project. Oh, and it became this whole, like, oh, they're censoring him because he's a conservative, and, like, all these things, and, like, but, you know, maybe it's Superman. Hold him to a higher standard, but that's just me.
3: I, I did read Ender's Game, but that's it. Was it good? What did you think about it. I liked it. But I was 14, so. I, <laughs> yeah, me I mean, I, have, I haven't revisited it. I do know people, like, adults, who love that book and the series, so... Yeah,
1: I'm pretty much in the same boat. Maybe if I was a guy who uh, loved it, my decisions on Orson Scott Card car might be more tumultuous. But I'm, I'm, I'm spoilers are going to unanimously say fuck him. But um, <laughs> if he was somebody, I was like, oh, this is fucking best literature ever. Maybe it'll be more of a conflict. But it's not for me. What about you, Dad? Did you ever read uh, *Ender's Game* or anything? I
2: have the book sitting on my shelf. Have not opened it up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're planning to do some homework and you're like, fuck it.
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't even homework. I just, I knew someone back in high school that was like, this is my favorite book. You should really read it because you're a nerd too. So I was like, I should really read it.
0: But I you just haven't You yet. won't read it because of his views? So much for the tolerant yeah, left, now, now <laughs> that's the
2: problem. It's like, do I, I mean, I, I still want to read it.
1: It's a good sci-fi book. <laughs> this is good, but like, uh, I don't think it's like oh, the best book ever. And I don't think you have to run out to read it, honestly. Yeah, yeah, for sure and and, uh, it's funny because that's the reason why I haven't read uh, any of his other works like Speaker of the Dead even though I heard some of them about her because I'm like I didn't love Ender's I didn't love Ender's Game so much that I have to go out and read the rest of his books and I know he's a piece of shit so I'm not going to support him so that's why I'm like saying it's kind of an easy decision for me because I didn't love the one thing I read from him and and the rest of it like I'm not driven to read it so fuck him Mm -hmm. for his thoughts basically so you don't
0: separate the art from the artist
1: yeah so, so let me just like let me uh, explain why in more detail because in this article the article's title from los angeles times is called ender's game offer compares obama to hitler <laughs> <laughs> by john horn
3: uh so but i mean who hasn't compared obama to hitler at some point
1: i was gonna say those
2: republicans are always comparing obama to Hitler. <laughs> yeah
1: and, and, it, and that's this is what this article really goes into if you were around during Obama years, I mean, politically around, like aware of what's going on, with Republicans, you've <laughs> well, noticed you Sly's you woke, so woke
0: yeah. when he's around politically. He's around politically. <laughs> <laughs>
1: po- Republicans, when they criticize Obama, they basically did they paint him as the perfect enemy. He's really lazy. He sits on his hands and lets Iran build nuclear weapons to kill uh, Israel. He's going to kill us. Let Iran kill us, the world, and he's too lazy to stop them because he's a lazy black man. Uh, he's also really the dumbest president, like George Bush was a genius compared to him. What? He's also a monster like Hitler, uh, but he also has all his master plans to take out all of America and become yeah, a Yeah, different... he's a genius. He's yeah. he is a genius. He's also, also a genius, ultimate incompetent, uh, ultimate uh, idiot, <laughs> ultimate mastermind. He's all every, he's everything bad you can imagine in one package. and that's He's the how... antichrist. Yeah, and that's how Orson Scott Carr paints the story. He basically says, like, oh, he, he's the dumbest president. Like, the only reason why I know no one's dumber than him in all of American history is because uh, Al Gordon won the nomination. Thank God. you got George Bush instead.
0: God, I really I really miss the days when I, like, gave a shit about this kind of stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> when I was like, oh, authors are saying these things. This is important to me. Yeah, not the president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, he accuses Obama of planning a coup of America.
1: He, like, he, what he paints it is, like, oh, let imagine I'm writing a sci-fi story, but he says, a sci-fi story should reflect history, and his previous actions ready already place to predict future ones. That makes good sci-fi. He says, in predicting the future, we are bound by the same rules of plausibility that bind fiction writers. We must also respect the rules of evidence that bind historians. So, obviously, Obama was acting like a dictator. He, uh, he refuses to ever compromise. He only likes to vilify republicans. So, obviously, if you take that train of action, he'll become the Hitler, right? Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 And so, the way he describes his ascent to villainy is Obama will set up a national police force, drive around armored cars. These will be thugs doing his bidding without any reference to law. uh, Michelle Obama will be his actual successor (laughs) while he still leaves behind the scenes. Basically, she'll become president to get past the two-term limit, Mm. and he'll still be in charge, technically. But you, you use it for, for extra, the two extra terms thinking, used by Michelle to make himself dictator for life to change like the Like what Putin
0: did with Mendeleev? And
3: yeah. what Hillary, Hillary was trying to do with after Bill. Yeah.
1: yeah. And this is why I bring this up because uh, Orson Zach uh, Hart, he talks about, like, I'm, a, I, I'm a historian, I know history, I know about Hitler and all the things he did. and Obama's presidency is exactly like the rise Hitler, <laughs> which is why we're currently in a dictatorship right now. Obama's still our <laughs> leader, right?
2: This, <laughs> Trump is Obama's fault? <laughs>
3: I actually loved how many people were like, he's going to take away the guns in his last year or two, and, and then enforce martial law, FEMA's going to do this. And then they just all stop talking about it when he obviously didn't do that. <laughs> like,
2: oh, it didn't happen.
3: Oh, okay. Like, they forget it. They're Rather
2: like, than, I was wrong, I should probably think about this more. They're like, well, liberals still want to take our guns. Just and we not stopped
1: them. They're Stopped them, to whatever. But here's the here's reason why I bring this up, because... Like he, he, he makes the argument for me, basically saying I'm a, I'm in sci-fi. We have to rely on historical uh, laws and plausibility and all this shit. He is like a fucking madman. He's insane. Like this <laughs> is like like how am I gonna take a fucking world you build seriously when you don't fucking understand how uh, fucking anything what happened during Obama years actually reflected reality? How Obama, who was part bipartisan, attempting to a fault is hated part of the ship hated the common man according to him. Like, he hated ordinary people. He hated any religion that doesn't worship him as a deity according to Orson Scott Card. Like, you, <laughs> you are not a person bound by reality. How am I going <laughs> to take a, a world you build seriously? Like, if George R. R. Martin said this shit, I'm like, okay, I'm done with George R. Martin because... Wait,
2: wait. So your, your thing about... The like, separate the art from the artist, you can't do it, but it's not because of an ethical reason, it's because you don't feel like this guy's realistic.
1: It isn't, I'll get the ethical part, but first, the first part is the unrealistic part because if you can't (laughs) understand reality, like, like I I understand misunderstanding some things that are in the mainstream media and stuff like that, but when you're not bound from reality at all, like, he's not tethered to the real world at all, how am
0: I gonna take him seriously? How does that stop him from creating a fantasy world? What if he just wrote not a, fantasy a, world, th- a sci-fi
1: world, a, sam, a sci-fi it, it, world based what, on historical reality? What I think Slides are arguing
3: is, yeah, it, if if a world does not follow rules of norm- normalcy, like. What, what we were always praising A Song of Ice and Fire for was that it, it's all believable because the world it creates
2: is like it is a realistic one, even though there's dragons and shit. You yeah. Know? Here's the thing like, what if you just swapped out all of his claims about Obama with Trump? Suddenly, like, it feels more realistic and you could see that being a story. Like no, I
1: it wouldn't. I, 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 Trump, first of all, if you know Trump, he's not a, a mastermind at all, which is why I most of his staff like yeah well i'm well. not saying it's a perfect one-to-one <laughs> no but i don't like when, i would say do i don't like when democrats when liberals do that too you might say more understandable i don't like I don't like when uh people were posting uh like in january that well trump might be staging a coup as well i'm like why so he could become leader of america like he is now like this like you ha- you should have some tethering to reality when you're writing but, about but
3: believable the world. the thing is like for, in- for card right you're saying he can't create a realistic world because he can't live. He can't understand a real reality that we live in. Yeah. But in his view, he might see Obama. But he's not. The view is false. It's proven false because it didn't happen. Like it's very proven false. No, no, I'm but, not saying. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that he staged the coup. I'm saying that <laughs> he might look at. He might look at something like the increasing militarization of police in the U.S., which has no. That's, that's not his
1: problem his problem is increasing militarization of police. His, his problem was Obama did not obey the rule of law. He kept uh, disobeying Congress, disobeying the Constitution. So he's, obviously, when making a national police force, he just gonna have random thugs that are, are worshiping him as a deity, beating around people, and making uh, his uh, illegal actions become uh, accepted by the public. That's, that's the option. Ha- does he have to see that happening in
3: real life? Can, can't he understand what that would look like in a, in a, in a setting to understand yeah. what, what, a, no, what... No, does a...
1: because, like, here's an example. Even in his books, he doesn't understand how reality works because in Ender's Game, one of the fucking premises is that a blog writer writes a blog so good that he becomes president of the United States. So... Uh, we had a Twitter master
3: become president. Yeah, I know, but t- like, t- t- but it was, <laughs> well,
1: but the, the premise was he blogged so well, like he wrote such good arguments that people. He wasn't a public figure or anything. It was a fucking fourteen-year-old kid blogged so well that people were like, "This kid is a fucking genius." He he, a president the weird like,
2: thing is like this isn't contained only to Cart. There's a whole bunch of idiots that write stupid books that. Aren't and like, I don't like. Any I would also like, like to like,
0: counter argue that that we've recommended the book Prez a couple times on this on divisive issues, and that's very similar. Yeah. And it's a satire. It's a very over-the-top
1: satire like uh, like if you're writing a realistic work which also Scott Carr believes he is he's uh, he's an idiot like I'm not gonna take I'm sorry maybe you guys disagree let's finally disagree I'm not gonna take an idiot's re- reality building seriously I'm sorry but you but you, you probably think almost everyone's an idiot that's the point no, have I, don't, I, I, I haven't <laughs> ever fucking accused Obama of being an idiot I don't agree with Obama I don't accuse, him of being an idiot. I don't accuse McCain of being an idiot I, I accuse him of, like people I don't like. there's like I would read a work from McCain I would read a work from fucking Lindsey Graham and maybe believe it but not somebody like fucking who believes Obama was a f-
0: was gonna start fucking having th- uh, thugs be robbed be- to sell his fucking uh, as a deity? Okay, I have a question that I want I want Sly's answer, but I also want Phil's answer first. Did you feel <laughs> any of his? Did you see his politics in Ender's Game?
1: No, I'll get to was, that in my part. Two. <laughs> I want Phil's
0: answer first. And Sly jumps in. The head. No, I'm saying I'm,
1: gonna, I'm saying no. Just answer quickly, and then I'll save it for part two. Go ahead. Okay.
3: Phil. I, I, again, I I was. I was a lot younger when I read it, so I don't know. I, maybe if I read it now, knowing his politics, I would look for it. But yeah, it's I might like be it's like reading
2: it. Millar's stuff, being like, I know who he is now. Yeah, I just look true. for the edginess.
3: Yeah, but then maybe you're imposing something. That's on it true,
2: that's, that's true. That's true. No, no, it's Absolutely. it's very clear, okay with Millar. Is obviously
3: he's a <laughs> yeah. he's a hack writer. But the thing but is, is Millar I mean... is
1: also uh, the opposite in real life. Like he's a devout uh, Valc- uh, Catholic. He never curses in real life. <laughs> like, Val- he writes. All- it all- sounds edgy okay. lord in, in, in his work. It's kind of like was it. Was I right, Wesley Willis, who never cursed me in life, but he cursed all the time in the songs? Wesley Willis.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's true, but I didn't expect Uh, (laughs) Wesley Willis to be brought into this conversation.
1: Can you separate art from artists with Wesley (laughs) Willis? Marvin is not an example because his his writing persona is very different from his public persona. No, I
0: totally understand. That's one thing that I always have a hard time with because... I think you can separate the art from the artist, but at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean I want to give them my money. And I'm also, yeah. like, kind of anti piracy at this point. So that's tough to. Oh, so you can't <laughs>
3: steal from Nazis, but
0: you can punch them? Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. No,
0: fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I don't, no, but, like, because I feel like if an artist makes a work that is worth consuming, I think they've earned my money. But if Orson oh, Scott yeah. Card is giving money to fucking like anti-gay like organizations and stuff i don't want to give him my money it's the same way like i get torn on if i want like asshole speakers to speak at colleges because i think that it's important to get ideas out there and debate them publicly but i also don't want my tuition dollars to go to those people
2: it's also not like some people that are known for riling up like uh milo Mm-hmm. He he was known for specifically targeting people. Yeah. And yeah, like he was just a bad person. He wasn't like a let's introduce a new thought. He was a provocateur.
0: But like Milo's almost self-proclaimed, a, too. Yeah, he's almost yeah. a straw man because he's so terrible. I yeah. mean, like, it's it's tough where do I draw the line? Because like, yeah, Orson Scott Card has like a lot of really problematic views, but I've heard people rave about how great Ender's game is, and if his politics don't show up in it, even from Sly's perspective, I'm not, like, I, I don't have a clear stance on it. Hmm.
3: I think it's, de- I mean, I- I'm probably gonna be shit on for this, but I think it's 100% fine to read it. It is a separate, he is separate. It is from fine to read it, I'm
1: I'm, I'm I'm saying, no, I but I'm I mean, to- I, should I give him money? Yeah, that's a good question. If he's donating to actual, like,
3: if you find out that this person is actually spending all of his book profits on, like, on terrorism against, like, or, like, or like the KKK, then it's like, okay, that's a pretty extreme example. But if he just happens to be a fucking idiot asshole, uh, it, I think it's fine to to buy their book if their book is great.
0: But is it fine to buy it if there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, Phil? <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a question for Sly.
1: <laughs> I, I think if you think a person is an idiot and you don't want to fund his work, don't fund it. Don't support people you don't want to support. The the thing is, uh, what Ryan said about uh, this his work, show his messaging shop in his work is actually it's funny because Ender's Game is actually a story. I don't want to spoil it. Spoil- it's about
0: entirely, how great Obama but... is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually about uh, tolerance and yeah. um, p- uh, uh, tolerance of an, of an alien race in the story, and because um, it's about a war between us and a bunch of bugs, and at the end, don't spoil. These... Not to spoil it, but basically. Uh, but basically, but war is bad. We should be tolerate people. That's kind of the message of the ultimate message. Without spoiling too much,
2: it's a minor point. Orson Scott Card has, at least from a cursory glance, he's donated money to Republican candidates. Yeah, he does. He's so, yeah,
1: it's like it's very confirmed. Yeah, role. so
2: you're you're pretty much supporting someone that supports Republicans. Yeah, yeah. At that right.
1: And, and that's the thing because uh, Orson Scott Card, he's like, oh, I'm gonna make this book about uh, uh, tolerance and shit like that. But uh, his, if you read, if you read the actual. Work which I did. The let's say he wrote where he said call Obama Hitler. He's 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 pretty obviously a racist too. He he says <laughs> black man. He, one reason why Obama Obama B.C. Is, is lazy for he, all the shit about him being lazy. But he says Obama didn't do anything to get right, didn't deserve anything he got. He, he got only because he's a black man who talks like a white man. And that's what they mean when they call him a ticket and a great speaker. Just because he's black and he talks smart and like a white man, that's why people oh, like him. Yikes! God, he's a yikes! He says he has never had to work for a living. He's never worked a day in his life. He called this and he said his police force will be young men out of work, urban men. Which urban is, is a uh, oh, that's, is that's a, a that's a not even a yeah. dog whistle, that's a human. And calls them dogs who'll beat up anyone who disagree So basically, black men will go around beating up white people. And he, and then going back that's to what his, happened. He's, he's against gay marriage. He's a homophobe. <laughs> he says gays will never be really married. All they want to do is delegitimize real marriage. There'll be kids playing <laughs> up, playing up dress up in their parents' clothes. Basically gay okay, people don't want real marriage. They basically want to destroy uh, same... Like, and they're not even just <laughs> selfish. Sorry, they're sorry. actually vindictive oh against straight couples. Like, he's a piece of shit. Fuck him and his fucking works trying to preach about tolerance. You're a piece of shit, homophobe, racist piece of shit. Fuck Austin Scott Card.
0: Yeah, it sounds like he's pretty awful. So, but how about this? <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're saying that you he donates to Republican candidates so you can't support him. Okay, I, I, I'll get that. But then you need to stop immediately ever going to Walmart ever again. You need to stop going to most... Any company that donates to Republican candidates, which is a lot. No, you of, don't. You yeah. just have to draw the line. Yeah. You have to
1: draw the line for yourself where you where you cut line. Some some people have, yeah. like, you, 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 like if you if you only fucking town is a Walmart. There's so many towns of Walmart because Walmart, all you the know, businesses, shop at Walmart. Fuck it. But like okay,
3: but it's better. It's isn't it better to give Orson gift card ten dollars once than to give all like a ten percent of your income and in groceries and stuff to Walmart? It's up to
1: where, like I said. If your town only town towns is Walmart. Fucking buy at Walmart. It's up to you. Uh, like we said, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism anyway.
2: <laughs> Another thing is that the a big distinction we need to make is who profits from this kind of stuff. Because Walmart's a company, and they have to pay a lot of people for it. Whereas Orson Orson Scott Card, you can look at him and be like, "Well, I don't want to give him my money," even though like his publisher okay. also benefits.
3: Yeah, the company gets a lot of the money, but the Waltons are six of the ten richest people in the U.S. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I
2: know they they get most of the the money. Like they're going to benefit the most. It's just like. It's sort of like with uh um, movie companies too. Like a lot of people work on movies that even if you don't like one director, if you still um pay to see that movie, you're also supporting the actors, the light people, the production side, the staff. Yeah, when
0: you're talking about what consumption under capitalism is ethical, everyone has to draw their lines differently. I think like the point that Sly said that I really resonated with. No, but it's never it's never it's never so an you're, ideological
1: you're, thing you're, you're, you're only going to work if we all stop any type of protest or bike thing whatsoever so f- shut the fuck up okay no no <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. no these, these lines no because I hate that argument the argument that oh we, 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 you shop at a you're a okay no you, everyone's a hypocrite on some issues which is why you drop it's, the it, line
3: the, the line is never ideology though it's always convenience it's whatever's convenient it to stop yeah. doing I'm gonna stop doing because I don't you, have you to because you have to live your life,
1: life at some point you can't uh, avoid every single every single every, every, every single business now is political in some way so you have to you have to draw line at some point but it is
0: imp- I think it is important to note that we all compromise our ethics every day yeah and in ways that we can we can fix the part of being human yeah yeah there, of there okay. are some things that you can fix
2: though like having to go buy groceries when you're not around like when Walmart's the closest thing to, to you and the cheapest is a lot different than buying an entertainment product from like arguably one person once that where you can just say like I'm not gonna give him my money even though Walmart technically could be, is it's worse going there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because sometimes, like, s- some families have to buy their groceries at Walmart because they can't afford to have enough food going yeah. uh, but th- local organic yes. and things like that. You don't have to go
3: local organic, though. You can go to a different store. I mean, like, and, and look, I'm not going to say if you shop at Walmart, you're a piece of shit. Because, but my, what I'm saying is then you can't go raving and saying if you, if you support Orson Scott Card, you're a
2: piece of shit. I, th- I think you can. I think you can recognize that you're not only a piece of shit, but everyone else is, too. (laughs) But
3: then then what's the point? If everyone's a piece of shit, then what's the point of even having that label? You
2: have to recognize at least where people's like, what's wrong and what's right. And it's like, it, it can be like cowardly to be like, well, this is wrong, but I do it anyway. But I, it's better than trying to delude yourself into thinking, no, this is, like, it's fine. Uh, like, so you're not, it's, you don't want to live in bad faith. You want to just say, I'm a piece of shit.
3: Yeah. Yes,
1: I, I mean, yeah. Everyone's a hypocrite. There's a fucking quote saying, do I contradict myself? I Very well do I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. Everyone has to fucking live their life. You have to fucking contradict yourself at some point. Like, I, I, like the fact that it's hypocritical doesn't mean, doesn't mean, like, you lose your bad person film. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I I think Phil Phil does bring up a good point about when you start proselytizing to other people, it's like you shouldn't support them because I have of this. never said you shouldn't support them. I, I'm not saying you specifically. If you go on Twitter a lot and you see people yeah, bring yeah, up like don't, don't support this person because they said this this or this.
1: That's a different issue. That's a different issue. Uh, yeah. Whether uh, those the fucking uh, pro, you know people proselytizing saying you're a piece of shit. you vote. that's that's a, I, I agree with Phil on that issue. But that's his point.
2: Yeah, yeah. the call out culture stuff like okay. that. That's a whole different bag.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think that that is an important question though, is like, how much do we preach and how much do we actually buck up and do when mm-hmm. it comes to inconveniencing yourself?
3: Very little, I guarantee. Yeah. Like, no, I, most, I people, you know. most people do very little. I bet if you polled, even the people who care most about the environment, they've donated less than 1% of their money to environmental groups. Yep. Like no one, everyone likes to see themselves as a good person and supporting good things. But in reality we support good things when it's convenient and that's basically it. We use Amazon Smile because you don't have to do shit because you still get the pollution of them shipping it from China to your house. Mm-hmm. It's funny, it's you're funny like, that well,
1: you're not ultra-capitalist is the one saying this because uh, uh, you're saying bluff to all devices everyone will never will never do the right thing. Uh, yeah. I think people are shit. I just think that... <laughs> so, you're, so you're... Okay, not to get or archip- archip- but I just find the point that you're <laughs> like, oh, no. we should just be shit allow people to be shit and let shit continue. Uh,
3: no, I think... Okay. I think that a, a, a capitalist system with strong government regulation is always the way to go. Okay. okay. Because then then you, you you have laws curbing people's shitty behavior, but you still get the benefits of capitalism, of, of productivity and innovation with the strong regulation of not allowing someone who's a piece of shit to just
0: constantly dump his waste in the river or whatever. But I do think it is also important to note that, at least for me personally, I do have a distinction between the convenience of... Saving money or, you know, travel time for things that I absolutely need versus voluntarily giving money to entertainers for different reasons like yeah, different. okay maybe i'll buy groceries from an immoral place or an unethical place but those are things that i cannot avoid getting and sometimes no, but, but but no they, but I, yeah, again yeah. i'm not justifying it but i'm saying like i do think that there is a difference when you go out of your way to spend excess money on entertainment products i do think that you can talk with your dollars more there when they're not necessary goods
3: I, I kind of agree, but at the same time, it's like the damage is from giving $10 to Orson Scott Card that he's just going to keep and be an asshole versus $10 that is going to paying people subpar wages in, in Africa to, get, to mine whatever parts they're getting. But it's or still
2: giving them those wages, even if it is subpar.
3: Okay, so maybe the wage thing isn't a good example, but maybe using unsafe uh, environmental uh, pro- uh, products or buying from really shitty factory farms like... This kind of stuff is way more damaging than giving Orson Scott Card ten bucks or the five he'd get after. But it's way, way more green our
1: society at the same time. Like Orson Scott Card is not a, a fixture of our society that we yeah. participate be out of convenience. Yeah, it's what do you say? yeah, it's, I guess so.
2: It's tricky. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oof. Like with entertainment, you have more options, and uh, I, 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 like, like I said. You guys all disagree with me. That's fine. I, I, I fuck Orson Scott Card. It. It's my opinion. So
0: I don't necessarily. Disagree I, d-
1: I with didn't you.
2: disagree with you. I disagree. I'm not supporting him because he's a homophobe. Not because he's not tethered to reality. No, but like <laughs> for sci-fi, for
1: sci-fi and like historical fantasy, that stuff you have to have a grip on reality. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. Uh, if I don't respect you intellectually, I'm not gonna take your. I mean, sure, to-, to make
2: good books. But like, if there's someone that's not tethered to reality but is a good person and they make a book, like I would read it. I guess.
1: Well, I, I, like I said, if it's sci-fi or like you're saying I'm doing historical, historical fiction, historical this, fuck off. You fuck out. if you're writing like a, a nice fan, like your own like, Womens and wishes, and, and you're you're fucking like, uh, insane in some way. Maybe I'll read it. But, if but Alan Moore's insane, and he writes great stuff. <laughs> Alan Moore is insane, but like, uh, like uh, he has no grip on reality. But Swamp Thing is great social commentary.
3: <laughs> yeah. That guy worships like a snake god <laughs> in the woods, but like actually can create a really great uh story I think. yeah
2: what now Sly? where's your god where's your well, snake the god point
1: now? Is, but I, like i agree with his uh, politics in a lot of ways so i i it's not, <laughs> he's, he's a fucking source he, to weirdo, but, he needs uh... to be
2: untethered in a way you appreciate <laughs>
3: so if, if they're like if they're like communist snake worshippers, it's okay
0: <laughs> okay so this is obviously a tricky line to walk when it comes to consumption do we have someone other than Austin scott Gardner we can talk about
2: sure if we want if we want to <laughs> get into even more bad territory so i'm going to talk about a rising prominent hip hop star xxx tentacion who is 19 I- years old
3: <laughs> i've never heard of him Me neither.
2: well maybe you guys should be more in tune with the hip hop community because xxx i learned about this through the the eric andre kerfuffle that we're going to get into where he was tweeting about him but i know
0: eric andre
2: Yeah, um, (laughs) XXX has 600,000 followers on SoundCloud. He has millions of views on YouTube. He's been on the cover of XXL magazine, like, promoting all the rising hip-hop stars. And he he has a bit of, like, a a sketchy background. He was previously accused of home invasion and robbery. And the most recent and troubling accusation is that he strangled and battered his pregnant ex-girlfriend, which he pled not guilty for. And this is currently going on right now in the courts that they're settling this.
3: Is this sketchy background? Or is this like definitely criminal background? Well, criminal he evidence, he
2: yeah. says that she's lying and scamming the fuck out of everybody, and says that she's not even pregnant, even though prosecutors have fifty-one pages of medical evidence or claim data. No, the I mean a- even committing. just the,
3: the like home invasion.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, how does he make? How is he making the argument she's not pregnant? That's like a very easy to prove thing. I don't know. I, this is this is just what I <laughs> okay. That's up. very strange. But and whatever. so Eric
2: Andre tweeted about being upset on World. Uh, star hip-hop that they're always promoting XXX and another guy, Kodak Black, who was also accused of assault. I-, I think also sexual violence. And Eric Andre says, Why can I complain about racism freely, but criticize a rapper's sexism and everybody gets butthurt? And XXX replied to him, Because not everything you hear on the internet is true, you should be adult enough to know that and support the youth before degrading them. Which is like a fair point, and, but also, in during that day, there was someone that said he, he that XXX is scared to rap after his label dropped him, and XXX replied, "I'm not scared to fuck your underage sister in her throat, though." Jesus Which is, Christ! Yeah, so it's this guy that's trying to like defend himself against claims of misogyny, and he says like these really wild, outlandish things and
0: now wait hold on just real quick what does eric andre have to do with this guy just he's tweeting about it yeah because <laughs> eric andre is like an adult swim like weird comedian <laughs>
2: yeah well after he ended the his uh, tweets by saying okay it's poop jokes from now on <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right oh like
3: tim and eric uh, this no. isn't eric warheim but he's oh, in that okay. same purview okay yep. i don't i don't know
2: <laughs> so the Why this is muddled and difficult, I'm going to read a segment from a uh, Slate article that was originally in Vulture by Craig Jenkins called The New Wave of Rap Violence Shouldn't Be Ignored. Says, rap fans have a peculiar outlook on heroism because hip-hop culture exists as a monument to black inner-city craftiness in the face of crumbling infrastructure, tightening gang presence, and hyperactive policing. Injustice begat mistrust, which tipped off a thousand cat-and-mouse games between law enforcement and inner-city entrepreneurs, ranging from simple music and movie bootlegging and... Simple music and movie bootlegging and loose cigarette and unlicensed alcohol sales all the way up the chain to coke and crack manufacturing and distribution. Good and evil seemed porous and nebulous to a generation that grew up in the shadow of government neglect and police misconduct. Police could be seen harassing unarmed citizens while kingpins handed out turkeys at Thanksgiving. Ginksa rap made folk heroes out of men and women who risked their safety to bend the rules and prosper as outlaws. The Greats presented crime as a political act, a means of leveling playing field that always operated on a severe tilt. They gave voice to the struggles of the disadvantaged and illuminated a way out for the daring. Harsh nationwide response, presidential rebukes, steamrolling CDs, obscenity trials steeled fans to the music criticism to a degree we've never quite recovered from. To love rap is to crusade for its honor, to suspend disbelief and enjoy it free of moralizing. This complex makes it tough to challenge this stuff even now. Many a valuable talk on rap misogyny and homophobia has been derailed by passing the blame up the chain of command to America at large, instead of reckoning with the role of artists and fans in coddling social ills and... They, admittedly, didn't invent. Hmm. And this is an interesting case because, like, this guy... I I listened to XXS's um, music before this, and he has an album, 17, that's about, like, suicidal thoughts and depression, and it's actually really good when I was listening to this. Like, I was upset that I had heard all the terrible things he did, and then I listened to it, I'm like, oh, this is cool. But now, like, should I feel guilt over liking his music? This so dude, you came like, to the art girlfriend? after? Yeah. Huh.
1: That's interesting. Out of that's, like... That's also an interesting example because this is like the opposite of the Sky Card where... Like hip-hop is, is always kind of a problematic uh field for like, like the reasons you said because... Yeah.
2: It, it, it does specifically promote like criminal activity but it's always been tried to... Be in this light of like the system isn't just and what we're doing is you know, just in response.
3: And like, uh, uh, in, in the words of a famous songwriter, "Fuck the police. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and like, and like ra- rappers, like uh, in the '90s, like Tupac and stuff like that. They 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 call like tug life and stuff like that because uh, they're like, oh, people call us thugs so race, did And say we act like Doug's for, for no reason. So I guess mm-hmm. let's embrace that and you make that our identity and the term of endearment.
2: Yep,
3: it's it's, it's a, it is a, it is a hard question though because it, it does remind me a bit of like um, early folk american folk songs like they all they would often glorify like uh like outlaws and bandits and stuff but it's usually like the moral of those songs is always at the end of the day the bandit gets shot and dies and it's not a good life even though it's like cool Mm -hmm. but in most rap it's like no it it is cool you shoot the cops and then then you get
2: yeah it's about (laughs) about like climbing the ladder of success slowly like a lot of rappers really love rapping about that and like look at look at everything i have look how much like women want me
0: Well, I think it's important to note, though, coming from four white White dudes, dudes, yes, (laughs) in a lot of in a lot of that kind of culture that was often seen as the only way to get out of it. Because when like like Daryl mentioned, the crumbling infrastructure, the increased gang violence, like sometimes that's all like that was the most likely way for you to become successful. We could say it's problematic, but it's easy for us to say that where we didn't grow up on the streets.
2: Yeah and, yeah, and then you have true. this guy like XXX who's, you know, he's a rising star, he's really young too, and so like, I, he, and he makes good music. I I like those aspects about him, but then when confronted with the battery of his ex-girlfriend, like, do, yeah. do, do I just drop it all together? Like, should I, should I not listen to that album again?
3: And the, the extra problem here is, he yeah, he's he's a success story, climbing out of a, a, a bad situation and becoming successful, but he's do, he's becoming wealthy by getting mostly young people to look up to this type of behavior i mean yeah. well that, I'm, that this this
2: almost sounds I'm, like us being like the old cranky dudes being yeah, like we don't want our kids listening to this trite yeah. no, i'm not
3: saying they can't listen to it but uh, when when the the moral of all these songs is is uh, uh, do drugs remember it's stuff. not
2: necessarily more of all these songs because again his album is more about like suicidal thoughts and depression okay th- I
3: mean that's that is different
2: but... Yeah.
1: But, but here's the question in general like it's uh, are dangerous like music that's viewed as dangerous in general because like a lot of a lot of um, hip hop is like the most prominent example in recent years but like there's there's always music that condones bad behavior like fucking Madeline, yeah. Madeline Manson
0: like, oh like, yeah like yeah, uh, yeah. all of
2: a lot of metal was accused Sure, yeah. but yeah.
0: like, F- F- Phil mentions music glorifying drug use. That's been around since the '60s. That's yeah. not Yeah, j- the new. Beatles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, it's
1: like, that's what people want to hear. Oh no, the cops heard. <laughs> yeah. People want to hear. Uh, no wonder what, like, the reason why this stuff gets popular is popular because no one wants to hear about you should do your chores and uh, go to bed <laughs> yeah, on yeah. time. Yeah, go to bed. They want to hear about drugs, rock and roll, drugs, sex, and rock and roll, like the fucking cliche is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like.
0: And you might say, "Oh, they're not good role models." But like, if they were good role models, they would not be popular. That's that's the thing. But at the same time, I do also think it's important to note that there's. I don't necessarily. I'm not as blanket. They're bad role models as you guys are because these are people that are taking their struggles and and rapping and singing about them honestly. Yeah, but he he beats his girlfriend. And, no, I'm and not saying that. I'm saying as a bigger picture. I'm not saying oh, yeah, him yeah, yeah, particularly. Of But, like, you have a lot, and I am the whitest of white boys who doesn't know anything about hip-hop, but, like, there's so many that even when they sing about gangs and drugs and everything, it's still, that, it's, I often look at it in a positive way of, like, they're taking, they're just rapping from experience and their environment and using it to become, as Daryl said, entrepreneurs.
2: I want to state that I'm not, like, a, a foggy old white dude that is angry at them or think that they're bad role models. At all. Like I, I, I support a lot of I think the Phil's music, like the that. music yeah. scene no, back I, in the nineties and two hey, thousands. Hey,
3: I think there are I think that you can you can pres- you can be a rapper about, about criminal stuff and be you don't have to be a bad role model. But I think this guy who's in his ver- everyday life as a nineteen year old is committing crimes and then is like becoming an idol or idolized by kids is a problem. Not it's not necessarily what's in the music; it's his life.
1: Yeah, no, I yeah, think he, that's uh, very fair. I I feel the same way, but not. It's more because I wouldn't want to support a piece of shit like I wouldn't want to <laughs> yeah. support Chris Brown. basically. Oh yeah, oh yeah. fuck yeah. him. But at the yeah.
3: same time, I think I think the I'm I'm always I'm I, I don't know if I'll be swayed on this. I always think the art is separate, and if his music's good, it's good, regardless of if he murders children. But
2: that's the thing; is it always makes me feel weird just listening to that stuff, or like watching movies of artists like that, reading books. Is you just sit there. No, the the text is the text. It doesn't <laughs> exist. with the, I'm on Phil's side no, on that. No, the text you always have to also look at the, the artist. You can't look at the text by itself, but it doesn't exist in a vacuum ever.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think that's a good way to put it. I think people are too like much like uh, overanalyze the text. Everything the writer says is is, is matters, and he's piece of shit. He says the wrong thing and. Anything in this public life is a piece, makes him a piece of shit. Like when Christian Bale was a dick on on stage and shit like that, he, he must be a dick all the time to everyone who supports Christian Bale. But you can't take, you can't, you can't draw a line somewhere at some point. But I think it's up to you where, where you draw it.
3: Yeah, it I, make any I, sense. I, I mean, yeah, of course, it's up to you where you draw it. But uh, like, I, it just seems crazy to me that like a great book can be a great book regardless of who the author was. Like, how can that? How, how do you have to talk so, to So the you office? want to
1: see you want people seeing like, even if Birth of a Nation was a fucking film, sort important film in history. I don't want people watching no, it. No, no. But
3: Birth of a Nation, the content itself is is KK propaganda. We're talking. About I know, but author. like in
1: terms of it's most one of the most important, like in terms of the film techniques used it and like how important it was historically. Like it's one of the most important films of all time. Like not even joking. Like
0: I just think it's important to contextualize it. Where I think read the text on itself and appreciate the art by itself, but then as you reinterpret it, especially if it if it's something you look up to and it resonates with you, I think it's important to get the artist's context in it that maybe Orson Scott Card's politics don't show up at all in Ender's Game. And they maybe don't. XXX's, you know, shitty things that he does and says about women don't show up in his lyrics at all. But I do think it's important to have that... I don't want to say like asterisk because the work should speak for itself, but I do also think if you're going to analyze it as something that you are basing any sort of concrete interpretation off of, I think that's important. It should have an asterisk if you're buying it and supporting
1: people. It should, yeah, it shouldn't have an asterisk if we're talking about public domain shit. It's, al- or it's like also yeah.
2: a little bit weirder with hip hop artists because a lot of times when they sing, it's based on themselves. Like, Orson yeah, since Saga- like Card isn't about writing, he's not saying I did all these things. Whereas, like a lot of the hip hop mm-hmm. is, you know, more of look at me or look at my feud with this uh, other rapper. So,
0: do you think that the autobiographical aspect of it makes it? more entwined with the artist
2: yeah well it's one of those things where if you know you look at some of the lyrics like there's um uh, one of the songs where he, or maybe i'm thinking of kodak black or no i was thinking of xxx where he sings about like um grab that bat babe ruth swing that bitch might lose a tooth and you recontextualize that in kind of a weird way or not like oh this song's cool it's like oh he's kind of singing about hit all oh. it's hard because the song that line is about hitting your girlfriend with a bat or a bitch
0: <laughs> that seems okay. pretty
2: clear yeah
3: but that's but again is that the is that the artist being shitty or is that the text being shitty uh, that is the text it, uh, yeah. Once once someone writes something <laughs> it goes out into the ether and they they it is it is not their control anymore it, but like, what there's is a there, difference there. like
2: if you think about like if someone sang along about shooting a cop and killing them that could be bad from the text and unless you'd like it, it was in self-defense that the cop was trying to kill them
1: I want to present an inverse example, because Eminem always talks about killing women and uh, uh, killing homosexuals and stuff like that, but he's always presenting it as like a tongue-in-cheek joke, like he's just being edgy for sake of edgy, and he laughs about how people get offended by it and stuff like that. So he's like the opposite, where he says offensive stuff, but he
0: like he hasn't done anything offensive in real life, really. But couldn't you make the same case for like when we talked about Milo as a provocateur? Yeah. isn't that similar? But that's what I mean.
1: Like, so now is his work speaking for him, or is the work speaking for itself? And then that you can't make a broad general rule. Like, you have to make your own rules. Oh, I see what you're saying. Purpose. It's
0: the opposite because people tie the art in with the yeah. artist instead of the other way around. Yeah.
1: So like, you can't just say you do not relate at all. They're related in some ways, and it's up to you to decide which ways it matters to you. It's always going to be a personal thing.
0: So can I talk about my guy? Because this is very relevant. <laughs> my guy. My okay. Guy. My guy. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about Joss Whedon because. For white nerds everywhere, nerd boys, Joss Whedon was like the feminist guy for, for a long time. And there's always been people that were against that, but in recent weeks, it's gotten a little more severe because his ex-wife wrote a guest post on The rap basically saying that, that whole his whole feminist... Like, uh, personality was just that. It was just a personality and wasn't really who he was. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because I have got, since gone back and reinterpreted a lot of his works. And I do think a lot, some of the feminist themes hold up and some don't. But I wouldn't have had the same opinions had I not recontextualized it. So if you're not familiar with Joss Whedon, he made Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He made uh, the Avengers movies one and two. He made Firefly. You've probably seen, you know, I'm sure most people have seen Joss Whedon's work.
2: Yeah, especially if you're listening to us who our other half is comic books. I'm pretty sure everyone listening knows. Yeah.
0: He wrote I don't know if it's still Sly's favorite, but it was Sly's favorite X-Men run for a long time. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. Very good, very good stuff. And I've always felt like he wrote really good female characters. I mean, I love Firefly a lot. And what happened, basically, his wife said that they were married for sixteen years and She eventually, they eventually got divorced and when their marriage started falling apart, he said that he's had affairs their whole marriage. And the thing is, the thing that makes it, I don't think necessarily if you cheat on somebody that makes you not a feminist or, you know, I think that there's lots of different degrees, but the big thing that he talks about is he like got off on the power of being Joss Whedon. Mm -hmm. And in fairness, he, his representative or his attorney said that we're not going to respond directly to this article but there are some inaccuracies but to respect his family and his ex-wife he's not going to respond so take that however you want but she basically said that throughout their marriage he was seeing other people and basically because he was like the guy who made Buffy and the guy who made Firefly there were all these women that would like Vie for his attention and fight for it, and he basically got off on that. And he would like sleep with them through like a power fantasy, which is obviously has some anti-feminist connotations to it, and especially because it was in secret from his wife for almost twenty years. But I
3: think I think I think that's the the biggest problem is that obviously he's, he's having an affair. But it if so if you're in if you're a feminist but in. In your more intimate times, you're into like degrading shit. Like, you yeah. want to degrade but, but women. Here's Are the you thing. not a
0: feminist? No, but here's the thing. I've, I, if anyone wants to listen to a really, really great sex positive podcast, listen to The Heart. But they talk a lot about how conforming to gender roles in a consenting part, like partnership, is absolutely feminist. And like having male power fantasies or female, you know, subversion, you know, uh, like SM, whatever. Whatever you want to do stuff. it's totally cool. But both parties have to be on equal footing for that to for you know, at the beginning of it, or, you know, for the conversation or whatever. And he was taking advantage of his subordinates in this. He was taking advantage of fans. He was taking advantage of coworkers. That is that is not feminist. So
3: is it is is anyone Who's, who's desired by many people always taking advantage if they fuck yeah. them?
0: Yeah,
2: like, if you look at, like, a lot of, you know, music You Hugh stuff, Jackman like, must be taking advantage of everyone. A lot of people, like, Taylor Swift wants to sleep with a fan. She's taking advantage of them?
0: I think if you're... if you're preaching equal... if you're preaching equal footing and then just taking advantage of... Like, are I'm you... taking advantage? If, if someone gets to fuck Joss Whedon... I... Is that being
3: taken advantage of? I I think you're a desired... It's not like they have power over you. Like There's a reason that we say psychologists should not fuck their clients or teachers should not fuck their students because there's a power... There's a power play there where I have power over someone, so you can't do that.
0: But- so if it's their coworkers that work under him, that's not that. No, that is that it definitely is because then he, he has their fate in his hands. Because so here, always- J- here's a quote directly from her blog post: Joss admitted that for the next decade and a half, he had multiple affairs and a number of inappropriate, emotional ones that he had with actresses, coworkers, fans, and friends while he stayed married to me.
3: Yeah, coworkers, I'll agree with because there, there's a there's a power disparity there. Uh, because he can, he can affect your your career and everything. But I think with fans and friends, like that's that's them. They want to fuck To a, re- a related
2: story is like the the Nick Robinson stuff, where he was sending those yeah. messages to fans about him trying trying to get them to come over and sleep with him when they were still young. They were like legal age, but they were young. And later on, they came out and said this was really skeevy and pervy what he did.
0: I just want to read one more thing, real quick. I let this is this is another paragraph from the blog post. Then later, after he confessed everything, he told me, I let myself love you. I stopped worrying about the contradiction. As a guilty man, I knew the only way to hide was to act as though I were righteous. And as a husband, I wanted to be with you like we had been. I lived two lives. Things seemed less bewildering. In many ways, I was the height of normal in this culture. We're taught to be providers and companions and at the same time to conquer and acquire specifically sexually, and I was pulling off both. That doesn't sound feminist to me. When he talks about conquering and acquiring sexual. yeah, no, But he's famous. saying that's what we're supposed to, that's what
3: our that's what society, society yeah, pushes yeah, us to do. And that's Yeah, but bad. then he engaged in it.
2: <laughs> yeah, then he engaged in like, it. He's not in saying it. we're supposed to, he's like, I was supposed to, so I did.
3: I, I, I totally agree, and I'm not saying he did the—he obviously did the wrong thing. He's, that is a bad thing, and maybe he's even a bad person for doing this. But it is easy for us—like, we're always saying, oh, we're white guys, we can't understand. We do not have the power to do anything that he does— People in positions of power, even people who feel like they are good people, do bad things. Who they might have thought I would never do it, but all of a sudden, when you have hot girls throwing themselves at you all day, mm-hmm. maybe your opinion actually would change, or maybe your maybe even your views wouldn't change, but your actions would.
2: Yeah,
1: there's always a phrase that uh, uh, you're only as faithful as your options, and that's, that's the reason why people with a lot of power usually have affairs.
0: No, but I, I I think that by saying that, oh, that's just what the patriarchy pushes, if his whole career is, because he blatantly would brag about how much of a feminist he was. He even told his wife, oh, I just am more comfortable with hanging out with women. I'm not having affairs. I'm more comfortable with them because I'm such a feminist. Saying that and then secretly giving into the pressures of the patriarchy to me is fucking bullshit. Yeah, it is,
3: bullshit. It is bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, fuck him. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying not fuck him, but
0: but one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up is because I'm I read a Mary Sue article that re examines or reconsiders the feminism of Joss Whedon. And it's not I don't agree with everything in here at all. But there are some things that like go back, and this is when I was talking about like recontextualizing it, because they go back and they look at Firefly. And like they t- look at Zoe, who is a really, really, really great female character. And they talk about, like, all the great things about her. And then they give some critiques that I don't agree with. But then they talk about other uh, other characters, like Inara, who is, if you're not familiar with Firefly, she's a prostitute. And they bring up all these examples of, like, these subtle power moves that the main character pushes on her to keep her in her place that I think that I never noticed when I watched. And she was one of my favorite characters in the show. But seeing them in this new light does kind of change my view of how she's ca- handled in the show, and there's lots of like little like nods and winks that like even though she has the illusion of being a super strong character in her own agency, she's constantly put in her place by the yeah, male lead.
3: This this to me, I, I could be wrong. It just you can you can go to a text with any type of lens you want and see things there. But yeah. you might be bringing in this knowledge of Joss Whedon being a, a, a misogynist piece of shit and putting it over Firefly, where these people are, and putting it over Firefly and then seeing what fits with that narrative. And, and I'm not saying it's wrong to do that because this is part of like literary criticism is, is mm-hmm. looking at something with a, a, a neo-Marxist lens or looking at something with this lens and finding what connects. But at the same time, it it isn't necessarily fair to say that uh, that... This is like a misogynist work because... I'm
0: not saying the whole show is a misogynist. That's why I opened it with saying, like, there's still strong female characters in it. But I think that it is... Things that were that you might say were, oh, it was just... Especially, like, people talk about Buffy all the time. I have not seen Buffy, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But a lot of people say that, like, it super paved the way, but still falls into a lot of, like, traps of the time... And I think that's completely fair to say, like, it was still ahead of its time, but, you know, not the, that, you know, not 50 years ahead, but maybe 20 years or whatever. But I think if you look at it in a new light, I don't think it's fair to automatically say it's not there because it took new context to see it.
3: Yeah, no, and that, I think that is, that is, that is fair. Like, if it's... Again, I I I I have a trouble not just seeing the text as the text, but if it's there, it's there. Yeah. Even if you're even if you're looking at it a different way. And and, and so I guess hmm, Cause I know, now I'm saying if you can bring in the context, what if the context is
0: the artist? Yeah. Cause like we we don't, you know, we bring in like look at Classics Massic, you know, the network Darling. They bring in the modern look at, like, they bring in modern sensibilities of, like, look at how the women are portrayed, and there is a level of, that's the way it was in the 40s, does that make it right? No, but it contextualizes it as, like, this still is ahead of its time in certain ways, and of its time in certain other ways. I think artist context is just as valid to bring in as historical context. But, you know, I just think it's another way to analyze it, and I'm not saying that it is the only way to analyze it, but I think it is important to revisit You know, like, you know, I noticed some things when we first saw Avengers 2 that I was like, I don't really like this from a feminist perspective, but I gave things the benefit of the doubt because of Joss Whedon's, you know, successes in the past. That I was like, oh, I'm sure he has a point, you know, maybe he faltered here, but, you know, like, I kind of... Yeah, yeah. you know, thinking
2: back on this, it's the, like, I, I can totally see how the artist recontextualizes, I mean, I've been arguing that point the whole time. (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna but change my view like my, you, my original up view earlier, i was right the whole time you brought up earlier about the xxx the the that the, the text was bad but there's so much examples of text out there that's like promoting violence or very terrible or very like sadistic and sick but the people themselves have done nothing wrong so you can't really be there you know i i don't feel like it's like bad or insidious text like, uh, Jamie no, Stewart no, of Shushu text- sings about a lot of depraved, gross things from a lot of different perspectives, but the guy is very, like, he's very liberal, open-minded, talks to a lot of people. I know, Sly here, he's liberal,
3: so he's good, <laughs> he has the pass, huh? No, no, if the text is, if the text is, is promoting depraved shit, it, the text promotes depraved shit, I mean, why does it have to be that the, that the author is also depraved for it to actually be depraved?
0: No, be- that's the thing that makes it tough, because you can't tell. Until somebody's ex-wife writes a letter, or yeah. somebody takes them to court. That's why it doesn't fucking matter if 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 the text,
3: because whether or not we knew Joss Whedon was misogynist, Firefly always had those undertones or didn't, yeah, uh, in it. So, yeah, maybe this prompts us to look at it in a certain way. But I mean, the, Firefly has it exists outside of Joss Whedon, and yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, to go to what Ryan was saying about in Avengers 2, he saw some uh, things that was like, eh, I don't know about that. I, that goes to what Phil's saying because uh, those things might have been always been there. It's just that you were kind of blocking yourself off with them because it was just so yeah, be right? Yeah, you
3: still were bringing in the artist when you should never have been. Or but maybe some, ne- maybe they yeah, shouldn't have been. But it's to,
2: important
1: to know like the... Con-
2: the consideration of what they're saying, like going back to Shushu, Jamie Stewart, some of his songs are written from people that tell him terrible things that have happened to him. Him, so maybe he'll sing about from the point of the abuser to that person, to like try and like just fit it to the song, which is like, oh, it's an awful song, but then you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is more about the person that he's singing, and that's about. really
3: interesting, and, and that's a cool, that's a cool form of media that 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 gives you a perspective that you don't normally get but do you need the artist there?
1: Like, Yeah, and if you put the artist so much then it becomes so much a risk that you, if you write something from a
0: perspective then you're like, oh, you must believe this you piece of shit, fuck like you. Yeah, I, I think that's why what we're trying to get around here is I'm not saying that like now I hate Firefly. I still very much love Firefly but I'm saying that it I think that as time goes on and you learn more about the creators, I think it gives you a more nuanced view of what they were going for, and then you could judge is the text successful at what they were trying to do. What would you know? And I, I don't, I don't think it matters what an author tries to do. It matters what the, what the product is. If
3: they try to write mm. a feminist uh, manifesto and it ends up being about uh, just nothing, nothing like that, then. It doesn't matter what the the intention was. It matters what it was.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying that what it is, I think is, and I think once an artist releases art, I don't think it is. No, it is. I think it is no longer theirs. I think it is the audience. And I'm not saying like copyright wise. I'm mm. saying like copyright. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you know, because the artist is <laughs> gonna any money whatsoever. But I don't think that it's. I don't. I think that the work has to speak for itself. But I think it is also important to analyze it in the context that if... Because art doesn't necessarily exist in this vacuum that people... uh, Like, there's a wave of writers that base their view of feminism on Joss Whedon. It is important to recontextualize things as we improve and go forward and develop new writing styles because there are a lot of people that their first... Their first strong female character was Buffy. Or... Ripley in Alien, and then James Cameron says weird stuff that might be problematic, and like, I think it's important to note where the flaws are so that we can keep getting better at writing yeah. feminist yeah, yeah. characters.
3: Yes, but, yeah, and, and yes, like, but... I'm, just, I'm just going back to the same point, I guess, where I'm like, it's good that it prompted us, I guess, to look at it, but the, the problems that existed in Buffy and rip and, and alien like they, I'm not I've never seen alien or there. Buffy
0: I'm not saying they're problematic at no, all I know because I I'm don't say
3: as the example uh, the the problems that we could look at and say how do we improve female characters or whatever that we can do without the artist like that that's always there mm. that, those problems in female characters mm. are always there yeah no that's mm. fair but I
0: do think when you bring the artist in it shines spotlights on yeah, certain yeah. weaknesses yeah that it's very possible to find them without the artist at all but I'm all for Quicker ways to notice problematic writing styles.
3: Yeah, I guess. I I just feel like it's very easy then to just to to go in with a, a blanket over your eyes, trying to read a text with. Well, yeah, no, you're trying to see what you want to see. That's why yeah. I'll yeah. link. Well, I'll I mean, link people this... do that anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no, not like that, either. Yeah. Um, no, but I'll link this Mary Sue article in the liner notes. It was pasted in our pasted. It was posted in our Facebook group a while ago, too. That. I don't agree with everything in here at all. I think some I, of the I, critiques... I hate, I, I'll
1: say I hate the Mayors too. Uh, the
0: ones that... They said Fancy Four Stick is better than every single Marvel movie ever made. <sighs> okay, well, I'm not, I'm not giving them a ringing endorsement because I don't know them very well. But, like, there are things in this article that I found really, really interesting that I hadn't thought of, and there's things that I was like, I think that's total bullshit. But, you know, that's... I think it's, I think both are, you know, it's important to go in. I think you're totally right, Phil, that some people will say like everything John Sweden's ever done is terrible now. And that's super, I don't think that's good at it's all. It's
2: reductionist, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's reductionist. And I think it's important for the art to stand on its own, but I don't think we should pretend the artist doesn't exist all right. I think we should get final thoughts because we've all I, I think circles. those were our final thoughts. Yes. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Oh uh, wait,
3: I changed, I changed my mind because I can't enjoy X Grave without thinking of Daryl. <laughs> so the art informed. I mean, the artist informs the art there. So I changed my it mind. It Does.
1: But uh, yeah. But uh, Phil uh, wants to keep artists and artists separate. Daryl. Uh, Ryan wants to have some context from the artist. Uh, Daryl, I think you're uh, largely in uh, Ryan's camp.
2: Yeah, I'm saying like you can you can review the text if you want without it. I just think it's equally valid to go back mm-hmm. with the artist in mind and look at it. Just like it's fine to go back with the historical context in mind and look at it, and be yeah. like, well, maybe this isn't so bad because of you know these reasons. Uh, my
1: final thoughts is uh, just to clarify. Whenever I say it's up to you to draw a line, I'm not trying to be flaky and say, oh, it doesn't matter, nothing matters. I want to make a, a point that um, I do agree with Phil to some extent because people come in. To, his, to his media, seeing what they want to see and then they, they the ride what they want to the deride derive from it uh, we need to stop being uh, as judgy as we are, I feel like we're always like this guy, Our is a piece of shit, work is a piece of shit anyone who likes us is a piece of shit so I can understand uh, the attitude of that font that attitude But so when I say, uh, you draw a line for yourself you know, just present the evidence present the artist, present the work you, you judge what's important for yourself and don't judge other people for what they like Ultimately just judge it for yourself and convince we want to convince but don't judge anyone else saying that piece of shit the work is a piece of shit it, it, uh, Just because of the, who created it or uh, certain elements you might be deriving from yeah, it. I
2: feel like there's degrees to
1: that There's degrees, but like I said if you're if you're, if you're like not Nazi, like if you met someone that's hanging up
2: Hitler's paintings in
1: their house. You could be like this yeah, yeah, is, but like if we are talking about weird. like oh Joss Whedon uh, had have woman being put down in his works, and you're like, oh, because Joss Whedon is Well, what if Joss
2: Whedon
3: liked Hitler? Hitler's <laughs> Amazing X Men not good anymore?
1: Yeah, but like. It, it there's always degrees, and there's always, and just like with any political thing, there are some things where you draw a line on saying, you, like Nazis are a good place to draw a line. Like you're a piece of shit if you support that. <laughs> yeah, but like, but uh, that's still a good X Men run, whether or not he's a Nazi. <laughs> and, and, and none of this Nazi stuff factors into the story.
3: We're not saying
0: either. Justin's a Nazi. I don't know why that's where we landed. <laughs> and it's uh, because we, we
3: always use this as the extreme example. It's like, well, if what if they were Nazis, then
0: how would it feel? To, and, and to go back to Enders' game.
1: Uh, Andrew's Game itself uh, supports good things, uh, but the, uh, the writer makes me think he's disingenuous. So we, can, we we open this conversation, keep going,
0: but at the end of the day, don't be so judgy. Also, keep very, it. very <laughs> briefly, very briefly. Spoilers for Joss Whedon's X Men run. If you haven't read it, skip ahead thirty seconds. But if Joss Whedon was a Nazi and he and at the end of his book he kills their Marvel's highest profile Jewish character, yeah, I think that changes the context. And I like Daryl. <laughs>
1: right.
3: uh, well, you like, you're
0: Darryl, you're like that I'm a hypocrite. What are you, what you're, no, yeah,
1: you're just, like the we most did, judgmental. We did a whole I am judgmental. I always terrified <laughs> I always, carefied, I always this is how I, where I'm drawing line. I'm saying for you, draw line for yourself. We, don't take anything I say f- as, as gospel. We did a okay? whole
2: episode of judging the artist's work uh, like separate from the artist or not and you end it with don't be yeah, And As a thought
1: experiment and also uh, and I backed up both sides. On both sides. Because it it's, it's, it's always depends on what you think is... is of, like you got, yeah, you yeah both busy sides busy are just as Fuck as good. you guys. I'm saying I've, I've, I've always said always well, my and I said it's fine that you guys disagree with me. Fuck you all. I I'm think praying. you can be as judgmental <laughs> as
2: you want. Just try and keep an open mind to counter arguments. Yeah, see see if they do. make sense.
0: Good, yes. good, good advice. Okay, are we done? Both sides just <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. So as always, if you guys don't mind rate, and review, and subscribe on iTunes. And if you join our Facebook group, Oops, I talk to of Issues, you should add some friends to it. You should also check out the Comrade Radio Network. I want to plug Falling in Love Montage this week because they just had an episode where they talked about problematic art in the past. They talked about the movie Pillow Talk, which is really weird. And they had Ollie from Best Acquaintances on as a guest. And they also talked about the movie Down with Love, which was less problematic. But... It's very relevant because there's a lot of weird shit in that movie. But yeah, so check that out at ComradeRadio.com. So thanks so much for listening to Oops, I Talk Politics. I've been getting off on pa- on the patriarchy.
1: I've been driving, I mentioned
0: sure, 15 minutes to Walmart.
3: I've been an ultimate reality Nazi Joss Whedon. And I've been Obama's police
0: state. Oops, I ended the podcast
3: redradio.com independent podcasting network